Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, welcome back. Today, Mike and I are all pumped up. We're excited. And we're going to be answering some questions from some of our students that have sent over recently. We sent out an email and asked for those who are struggling right now with anything real estate related, talking to sellers, running appointments, motivated seller marketing, writing offers and contracts, and beyond wholesaling as well into the fix and flip realm or the Burr method, right? Anything and everything, we are here to help. So we sent out a message, we got quite a few responses, and on this episode today, we are going to be answering those responses we having, having a little combo. All right, little Q and A today. Q and A. Let's do it. That's Dave. right. So that's all right. things real estate. There's going to be a hodgepodge of a podcast. At least that's the plan. Let's hodgepodge it up and answer some questions. You know what we didn't do, Dave? We didn't even test our mics. So guys, if you aren't hearing us now, it's because we didn't test our mics. And we're going to re-record this entire podcast later. <laughs> that's right. But it's all good. If you hear this, we love doing things yeah, second, third, we, fourth. There's no time. reason to do things once right when you can do them twice righter. That's what I always That's say. That's right. All right, That's let's right. jump in. Okay, let's so some, uh, first question, it's a wholesaling-specific one. It's very basic, but it just says, I have not found a motivated seller yet, and I have been working on my marketing efforts for two weeks. So what we responded with that was, how many offers have you made in the past week, and how many offers have you made in total? Okay. And the reason that that's our response is because offers equal deals, okay? And if you are not making offers, you are really not gonna uncover motivated sellers, right? So this particular person may be talking to motivated sellers, but they may not be aware that that person is motivated. And that's why Mike and I like to send offers and run appointments because when you get out in the field and you meet them, things change. When they call you on the phone or you call them and you're basically offering to pay them 60, 70 cents on the dollar and they say, no, you're crazy, beat it, right? That doesn't mean that they're not motivated. It just means they don't like that offer, right? So get out in the field, make those friends, and you will have a much easier time finding those motivated sellers. Mike, what do you think? No, that's a great. I, mean, I think I pretty much nailed strategy. that one. <laughs> Knocked it out of the Home park. run! If I do say so myself. That's right. That's right. Easy enough. Easy enough. Man, so if you are to... also struggling, guys, with the motivated seller thing, do more marketing, send more offers, run more appointments, right? But there's more than just those things. I'm telling you, you got to make friends with people. That's really what matters. That's the secret sauce. Make friends with people. Listen to a, their problems. I got a great example of that, Dave. It's a property I went out on, and uh, this was actually from uh, Batch Driven. Uh, I ended up uh, going, and what did I do? So I drove for dollars, found it in Batch Driven, 
sent them a text and started texting back and forth. And they said, yeah, come out and take set up an appointment. And we were just texting. Did not call because uh, it went, you know, the conversation went quick. Sure. And uh, she said, okay, let me, uh, I'm, I'm not in St. Louis. Let me introduce you to my son-in-law. So son-in-law went and met me at the property. And I was able to, you know, build rapport with him. And I was able to kind of make a friend with him. But I wasn't able to make a relationship with the seller. I wasn't able to connect with her. So I know what the problem is and I have a solution. But now I have to text back and forth with her because apparently, and it's a long story, but she's also hard of hearing. So phone calls aren't even really going to work. But the fact that I didn't get to connect with that person, build rapport, build that relationship makes it, I'd say, a hundred times more difficult to actually buy the house. So all these services for uh, mass texting and mass calling are awesome. But you have to get on the phone. So like once you, once you, uh, I mean, your objective is to get on the phone with people, make offers, figure out what their problem is. That's what Dave was saying. Yeah. That's what I'm circling back to. Right. I know the problem now is that um, it's a tax issue. So they don't want to sell it for tax reasons. So I've got a solution to that. So that's what I need to propose to them. Not just my cash offer and that I can close quickly. That's not helping them. They've got a tax issue that they need help with. So I'm here to help them with that. And you may be wondering what that is. I'll give it to you. We're going to offer them to do a seller financing to us mm-hmm. so that they no longer have those problems of being a landlord because they're going to rent it out again, even though they don't want to. Uh, I'm going to say, don't worry about being a landlord. Sell it to me. You're not going to realize all your gains. You're not going to have that tax issue today, but you're still going to get the cash flow from that property because you're going to finance it to me. So again, that's my solution to them. And uh, yeah, you, you, again, you have to figure out what people's problems are to really win the deals. I love it. Long, long, a lot of talking over here for me. That's but, all right. Uh, all right. We're going to try to add this on the screen, see if we can't make this a little prettier as we go. That's uh, all right. Cool. All right. Next question. Hey, Dave, how long do you use a contract expiration time frame for the seller to accept the offer? Okay. That's a good question. Also, what would you use as earnest money deposit, which is kind of a loaded question, and we're going to break that down. So, Mike. Help me out. How long do you use a contract expiration time frame for when you send offers? Well, kind of depends. Um, it depends on the situation. If I don't think they're going to accept it, I'll usually give them like a week. Or if they say, oh, I've got to think about it or whatever, and they don't seem real motivated, I'll give them a week. Because I need to put a, a time frame on there. A week or even a month sometimes if it's not motivated at all. If I think somebody is motivated and they're they're interested in selling, they need to close quickly, you, you can use this to your advantage to put a little bit of pressure on someone. So you can then say, okay, I sent you this contract. It expires in 24 hours. You've got to sign it in 24 hours or the contract's no good. And here's the reason why. I've got other properties I'm out buying. I can't have my money tied up or my commitment to use my money tied up for a really long time. So either commit to me and I'm buying this one and I'm going to use my cash to buy this house or I'm moving on. So again, you can kind of use the contract expiration to your advantage, uh, just depending on on the situation. Right. Don't so overthink it, though. I think that's the main point here. Put a week on there. Put a week on there, right? If they don't sign it, but they're willing to, to sell, you're going to have to send them another one. Not a big deal. You know, if you want to put some pressure, put a couple days. Don't overthink it. Second part of that question. Also, what would you use as an earnest money deposit? Money. Money. <laughs> I love it. No, but but really that's a great question because this really depends on who you're making the offer to. Are you making the offer to a seller? Are you making the offer to a bank? Or are you making the offer to an agent? 
And I think that that really matters. So when making an offer to a motivated seller directly, we typically use $100. Sometimes we'll put 10 just because it's like really cheap, shitty property that we don't even want. We'll let them know our interest is that bad in it. It's like very low, right? But typically it's $100. Now, if we are making an offer to an agent, typically we will do 1% of the purchase price. Just keep, keep it simple. We also use that formula whenever we're making offers to banks, right? And it's that simple. So $100, sometimes 10, direct to seller, and 1% to agents and banks, right? If they don't like that, then ask them why and, and, and figure out what they want and use that, all right? Now, with earnest money also, it can be refundable or non-refundable. Typically, it's non-refundable unless it's stated that it is refundable. So just make sure that if you are the investor or the buyer, that when you're putting in the contract, anything about earnest money that you somewhere put in, that, that the earnest money is to be returned to the seller if the deal doesn't close, all right? Or what you can do is you can say earnest money is forfeited to the seller if the deal doesn't close. But in exchange for that, all legal remedies would be would be fulfilled essentially, right? So there's no, no issues on your end. Great question. Um, and then last but not least, what additional terms and conditions, if any, would you include in a wholesale offer? I like that one. I like that one a lot. That's a really good question. Mike, I'm going to let you handle that sure. one. Sure. So we've got a pretty cool tool available, cashoffercontract.com. That is a contract that we actually provide to people, sends it really, really quickly. You could send it from your phone in about three minutes uh, to yourself or send it over to a seller. Uh, but And that's going to have all of the different conditions that we would put, or some people call them uh, your, uh, your out clauses. So what are those specifically? Uh, one of them is subject to partner's approval. That's one of my favorites because although Dave and I are partners here, we also partner with many other people, including our money partners. That's right. So again, if if somebody says I'm, again, if you if you shop this and none of your money partners or buyers are interested in it, your partner didn't approve. So That's that right. contract is no longer void. Sorry, you notify the seller. Hey, my partner doesn't approve of this, and I'm gonna have to cancel this contract. So that'd be one of them. That'd be something I would definitely include. Uh, another one is subject to. Uh, seller's opinion of taxes, title, and value. So, Dave, you like this one. Uh, the value thing is um, is very, very subjective. So, basically, you put it under contract, and you believe that the property is worth X, and that's why you made your offer at X. Mm -hmm. But then during your due diligence period, which is your inspection period, you get the opportunity to look mm -hmm. up comps, to research further, to find out what is actually happening in the market right around that property. And if you find out that you offered too much or that it's going to cost too much to repair it, your opinion of the value obviously changes. Mm -hmm. So you're going to say, Mr. Seller, I'm sorry. Uh, I believe that the value is much lower than we had originally agreed upon. I'm no longer able to purchase this property. And that is worst case. Dave, we don't actually like to back out of contracts. What do we really do? We We'd like usually, to renegotiate at that we point. We really that's really say, where the motivation kicks in. Are they motivated or not, right? Exactly. So that's when we say, Mr. Seller, I know I, I said that I could offer this. Here's where we're at. Here's what I really think it's worth. And here's what we want to do. If we can get this now for this price, we're able to move forward. And why would you say that? Because you had your buyers or your partners come through and say, 
We can't buy it at that, but here's what it's worth. And that's where you're going to move forward on so that you guys can help that person out of that jam, which is the property, uh, get it sold, and make some money for yourself. I love it, Mike. Thank you for helping with that one. Yeah, anything else you would add? Again, I think those are two pretty good ones. I think so, too. And value. Yeah. I think those are very, very important. Um, yeah, that's probably that's probably. The, I don't know. That's about it. That's about it. Okay, cool. Next question. I'm trying to use Redfin to find the ARV, but I've been struggling. Do you have a video on that or any help with that? So it's difficult no. to use Redfin exclusively for ARVs. Um, if you don't have MLS access, I would use a combination of Redfin, Zillow, appraiser, or, um, real estate and realestateagent.com what's the main one? realtor.com realtor.com and maybe there's probably one or two more that will give you an estimated number but use multiple of them right don't just pick one okay now again these services individually aren't really designed first with, with the ARV first in mind it's just an estimated number so in order to get a really good comp or comps on the property that you are trying to find the ARV on, it's best to use your local MLS or a third-party company that will pull MLS data, okay? Mike and I have MLS access. In fact, Mike's a broker, and we tend to find ourselves using PropStream most of the time to pull comps, all right? Now, the estimated number that even when PropStream gives us one doesn't mean that's what the ARV is. When we are finding an ARV, we have to dig a little, all right? Doesn't mean you gotta spend two hours doing it, but you gotta spend five or 10 minutes typically minimum looking at the other properties. How like are they? How close are they? How long ago were they sold, right? What updates did they have compared to yours? And, and why are the prices the way they are? You have to learn those things, okay? So that's a great question. I would say don't put all your eggs in one basket and that basket in this case is Redfin. Use multiple resources, guys. It's definitely gonna help you out in the long run. Yeah, and in our market, Redfin just never really uh, seemed to be that good, right? Never took off or whatever. Yep. Yeah, so we just we don't have anything on Redfin specifically, and as Dave said, uh, do a couple different ones. All right, this next one is a really good question. I'm really happy that somebody asked it. Mm. It's a good one. How do I change my mindset? Dude, that's tough. That's man. a tough question. I mean, again, it is, yeah, with everything going on, we've got pandemic and crazy politics stuff going on and, I mean, just a, a whole world of nonsense. Man, 2020 has been a doozy. 2021 hasn't been that much better. I mean, we're already, today's February 10th, right? Yeah. So. I mean that's a tough one. We're, so wow, I and I, we're actually uh, Dave. You missed this one because you were down in uh, on your mastermind. I got to remember to talk into this mic. That's right. Uh, you were down in your mastermind, and one of the things that I was sharing with everybody was the Miracle Morning. Oh, so, I love the Miracle Morning. Yes, yeah, so this is a book by Hal Elrod, and in that book, you got to read the book if you're interested in this. He recommends uh, 
starting off your day the right way. And one of the things he says, if you win the morning, you win the day. I was just actually kind of shouting this at my wife this morning, getting her out of bed. So you win the morning, you win the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Mike, your morning's 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Mine's but, about 7.30 or 8. No, this was, this was when yeah. she woke up already, obviously. Right. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm digressing here. So you win the morning, you win the day. And Hal's um, method is called the SAVERS. And the SAVERS is an acronym for different activities that if you do them all first thing in the morning, so it's basically uh, taking that that uh, that hard thing first to get the hardest thing out of the way. And his is SAVERS, and it stands for silence or meditation. A is for affirmations, so basically daily affirmations, positive mindset. You kind of set yourself up for success. V, visualization. So figure out what you want in life and visualize it. You can do a vision board or just, again, take some time to visualize yourself in the Put place. it out in the universe, exactly. basically. Right. Uh, e is for exercise. A lot of people don't want to do this one, but go out for a 15-minute walk. Go down in your basement. Go do some push-ups, some pull-ups, I want to just I want to jump in on this particular one. Whenever you think about exercise, typically people think like it has to be a whole hour and they got to go run eight miles. And they got to sweat their ass off. It doesn't have to be that. Get your heart rate up. Five to ten minutes of stretching will change your life. Every day. Every day. Yeah. Five to ten minutes. So start somewhere, start small. I love that, Mike. Exercise is E. Then R is for reading. So expand your mind is my suggestion. Is don't read. If you're watching this video, you can read this question on the screen. Right don't here. read <laughs> for just pleasure. Don't read nonsense fiction. Read mm. some other books that are going to help you develop yourself. So read some personal development books. Uh, it, read some business books. Read some books on investing. I suggest The Burr Method by David Dodge and Mike Slane. It's a great book. And uh, the, uh, the Ultimate Guide to Wholesaling Real Estate. No, but seriously, read personal development books. It's going to help you. Then the last one is S for scribing. And Hal recommends that you take time to journal or to write and to kind of help you uh, organize or get creative on that. To me, that all those things, again, that sounds like a lot. Well, if you do each one of those for five to 15 minutes, it's about an hour. So wake up a little bit earlier, do the savers. Again, check out the Hal, Hal Rowland's book or just Google the savers and you're going to find a bunch of stuff. There's a Miracle Morning communities on Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's the fastest way to change your mindset is to take some action. Take some action, yeah. Do all the things that are hard right away because they, because quite frankly, if you're in a bad state of mind, all those things sound terrible. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to go meditate and freaking yeah, focus on what's Yeah, but those things really and matter. And, and here's another thing. You don't have to go do all of them tomorrow. Just start with one or two things. Start with a little bit of exercising. Start with a little bit of meditation. Start with um, a little bit of daily affirmations. Daily affirmations doesn't have to be anything crazy, right? It could be something that you just tell yourself over and over throughout the day whenever something good happens or something frustrating happens. Put something positive back out into the into, into the into the universe, right? Great way to change your mindset. Also, last note on this. Whenever you fear something and then it and then it happens, you suffer twice, right? So try not to worry about little things because if they don't happen, you're still suffering once by worrying. So life's going to throw shitty things at you and you just have to learn how to deflect them and just live with them, move on. So try not to be so worrisome about what could happen or what can happen. All these what ifs, most of them don't even happen, right? That's great advice, Mike. Thank you for helping me with that. Mm -hmm. Next question. Would you guys help me uh, like how to I get started 
Where can I pull leads? From? <laughs> Whatever. Okay, Where can no I problem. Pull leads Where from? can I pull leads other than bandit signs and driving for dollars? Sweet. Well, I just pulled 9,000 leads for vacants last night and another 13,000 tired landlords. I used PropStream. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, mm. It's not free. I think you had asked for free, free leads. It's 100 bucks a month, but you get 10,000 leads a month. That's a penny a lead. Practically free. Free leads. You can find free leads on uh, Zillow. You can find them on Redfin. You can find them on Realtor.com. Search for for sale by owners or properties that are for rent. You okay. can also find them on GoSection8.com. It may be one by one. You might not be able to pull them in bulk and download them, but there is lots and lots and lots of free leads out there. Go Here's ahead. what I want to say about free. There are free lead sources out there, like Dave just mentioned. But here's the problem, is that free means you're going to have to spend your time. Okay? So Dave gave you some great resources. GoSection8.com. Uh, even Craigslist, you can find people that are looking to sell their properties for free. But it's going to take time. You're going to have to go through and call 50, 100 of these people before you get someone who might actually be a motivated seller. You're going to have to screen through them. Mm -hmm. So free is available, 100%. But again, you're going to spend your time. So again, I think that the prop stream thing that David mentioned for $99, it really, really is pretty close to free if you value your time. Agreed. Long story short, that's 100%. all I wanted to add on there. Free is available, but it, it's it's an illusion. Nothing's actually free. That's right. All right, next question. I have been doing homework on becoming a real estate investor and wanted to know... What would be my first step? I love this question. I love it too. We get this all the time. You're already excited. Go ahead. I'm, I'm excited because I like my answer because it's kind of snarky. Stop doing homework. <laughs> Stop That's it. That's the truth. Stop it. The Just absolute truth. Stop doing so much homework and start doing more action. Start taking more action. Just be a real estate investor. It's, it's really that simple. Yeah. I mean, again, everyone is so afraid of making mistakes. Here's the thing. Dave and I have screwed up royally. On many, many deals. We keep screwing up. We just keep screwing up bigger and bigger, and it's it gets better because we do more deals that way. That's right. So fail, what is that, what's that saying? Fail forward, fail faster, yada, yada, yada. So do some deals. Again, just take action. You're gonna learn so much more right. by taking action than by just reading other people's um, opinions about how to do things. What's the best way to do this? What's the best uh, postcard. There's no silver bullet. Yeah. Send so a postcard. You, here's, here's my answer to this question. It's Go very ahead. similar, but it's Go a little ahead. different, actually. So I, I agree. I've been doing homework on becoming a real estate investor and wanted to know what should be my first step. Well, in order to answer that question, I first want to define real estate investor. What is a real estate investor? Well, a real estate investor is typically somebody who buys, sells, and or holds property. In order to do that, you need to learn how to find people that own them as well as learn how to make offers to them. Mike said, quit doing your homework. I agree. Quit trying to learn all these things. Instead, focus your time on finding these people and learning how to send them an offer. All right. Both of our books, The Ultimate Guide to Wholesaling Real Estate and The Three Pillars, teach you how to find them as well as how to market to them and how to send them an offer. And here's the coolest part. You don't need $100,000 to flip a $100,000 house. You need 100 bucks. In some cases, maybe 10 bucks. 
because that's what the earnest money is going to be. You don't actually have to buy a property to flip it. So don't think that you need to save your money. If you have $100, guys, you can get invested in this business. You can become a real estate investor. You can learn how to wholesale. It is incredibly simple. And our goal and focus is to teach you how to eliminate all the risks from the deal so you can maintain control. And if it closes, you get paid. And if it doesn't, you exit with, with nothing. No big deal, right? What's the... I'm, I'm going off topic here. I love it, though. Going off script. Dogecoin or Doge? Well, how do you how do you say doggy that? Or doggy or Doge? I don't, coin, I don't know. Doggy coin, Dogecoin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> if you don't have any money, so stupid. Throw a hundred bucks at this Doge coin, and uh, you know, take it to the moon with the other boys, right? Yeah. You guys, you guys, you're gonna you have what I'm talking about. Gonna... <laughs> if you've heard, if you've uh, been, whoops. whoa, whoops, whoops, been following whoops. the Wall Street bets thing, that's whoops. what I'm referring to. So you're, uh, they're talking about this Doge coin now, uh, but again, I think that one's a, a speculative play. So totally teasing on that one. Please don't put money into that if uh, if you're not planning on it already. All right. Next question. Let me tee it up here. This is kind of a long one, uh, but we will stick it up there anyway. Yeah, take off some of that. I'm going to just clean it up here. Take out that one. Enter there. Enter there. So if you're listening, this is great, Enter great there. podcast stuff here. Okay, cool. Here it is. We're going to add it up there. It's a lot of text, so it's going to be a little harder to read. It says, I'm going to read the full question. I edited it here. It says, hey, boss, quick question. Working out a deal in STL. Hey, that's our market. Maybe we can help you. Her father died, and the house was titled on her and her father's name. She doesn't know if it's still in a mortgage, etc." what to do here she says she needs an attorney should we just run her title with my title company or would i need an attorney great question you don't need an attorney ever in my opinion <laughs> they're way too expensive and they're just people most of them are more dumb than you and i all right i have a lot of friends that are attorneys not all of them are the smartest individuals so you don't need an attorney okay title companies this is their job this is what they do. This is how they make money, right? The people that own title companies feed their families by solving problems just like this one, okay? So contact the title company. They are going to tell you if you can buy it and when and how and why you might not be able to be, right? They're going to let you know all of these answers. And in the event that there are roadblocks, they are going to be your coach on how to get through them. They may do them for you, and charge you money for those issues, or they may tell you, here, you need to go down to the city with this paperwork and do that. Or you need to contact the state and get the death certificate for X and Y and Z. They're gonna help you. This is the coolest part about title companies. You can make them your real estate coaches, kind of, for free. You only pay them That's when awful. deals get done. Yeah. So use them, ask them for advice on how to do things. And most of the time, they're basically gonna say, here's the issue and here's how to resolve it. And it may or may not be a possibility, but don't go hire an attorney. Just contact your local company or maybe the company that the seller wants to work with. It doesn't really matter. So digging into that, it's going to depend. I mean, so you say it's titled in her and her father's name. It's going to depend on if he had a will, uh, if he had an estate point. plan, if he had yada If it needs yada. to go through probate first. So, yeah. But again, the title So company. go to the title company. They're going to help you with that. They're going to figure it out. They're going to tell you what the next steps are. Love it. So yeah, Dave's answer, 100% correct. Just wanted to clarify or add on to that a little bit. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Cool, cool. All right, a hey, couple more. Couple Dave's going to queue up another question, and I'm going to fill up some space here. So if you're watching, thank you so much for watching on YouTube. Uh, this is the Discount Property Investor channel. Uh, Dave and I also have our own channels where we do more real estate content, and we do uh, some other stuff as well. So check out the David Dodd Show or the Michael Slane. We both have uh, channels out there, and uh, we put out additional content on those as well. That's right. That's right. Next question. How, David, do I do my first wholesale Real estate deal. Didn't spell that right, but hey, I'm copying and pasting here. <laughs> mm -hmm. Simple. We just talked about this a second ago, guys. Just like how do I become a real estate investor? Do the things that real estate investors are doing. So in terms of this question, how do I do my first wholesale real estate deal? Well, you do so by doing the activities that successful wholesalers are doing. And I can really talk about three simple things which we wrote a book on called The Three Pillars. And those three things are market to motivated sellers. This is a requirement to do a wholesale deal typically. Okay, unless you're an agent and something falls into your pocket, you're gonna have to do some marketing to motivated sellers. Number two, you have to send offers to people, lots of them. If you send two offers and they both get re re declined, don't throw in the towel. We probably get 19 offers declined out of 20 that we send. Hey, maybe 14 out of 15, but regardless, you're going to get a lot of them reclined. Now, just because they say no today doesn't mean they're not going to say no in two months from now. And that's the beautiful thing. Once you start sending contracts to people, you hopefully have all of their information and lots of notes and a task to follow up on that offer or resend it or whatever, right? So start doing those activities. So one, marketing. Two, sending offers. And three is following up, which I was just talking about. Learn to follow up with these individuals. And if you do all three of these things consistently, there is no reason that you will not start doing deals. I love it. So guys, check out uh, the three pillars <laughs> of wholesaling real estate. We actually, are we still giving that away for free, Dave? We are. Okay, so we still give away a free copy at discountpropertyinvestor.com. Uh, check that out and look for the courses. We've got a three pillars course and it's a free uh, version or a free copy of that book. Do we have enough questions for another episode? We'll just chop this one up. Uh, yeah, well, let's, no, we don't. We have right, like two or three more. Let's, let's wrap, just it, wrap up it up. Then. Yeah, 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 let's do okay, this. Okay, cool. So let's see here. We got another one here. It says, I'm currently building my buyer's list, but how do I figure out the repair costs when I figure out how does the, that affect the assignment fee or how do I get paid? So this is from uh, my buddy Kendrick. I've been chatting with Kendrick. Uh, he's young. He's only 17. So I think he, you know, he has to see a lot more of the of the big picture, right? But we're always going to start with the ARV in mind, and that's basically what the property is going to be worth once we fix it up. It's it's kind of backwards because it has nothing to do with the current repairs right away um, or the condition of the property. It's it's take a look at the property and what could it become. Like what's the highest and best use for the least amount of money? That's what we like to refer to as the ARV. We don't want to be overly optimistic or pessimistic. What's the highest and best use for the least amount of money? That's how you get an ARV and you use comps to do so. Next, what you're going to do is you're going to multiply that by a discount rate, depending on if you're a fix and flipper, a rehabber, a wholesaler, that rate could be 90%. It could be 50%. So you're going to multiply it by a discount rate and that's how we get paid guys. That's how investors get paid is the discount rate. That's where the profit comes from. Next, we're going to take out the repair costs. So I think some part of this question was how do I, it's multiple questions. How do I build my buyer's list and how do I figure out the repair costs as well? Again, when we're using our MAO formula, we're going to then subtract out the repair cost and or any fees. 
when we determine our repair costs, the simplest and easiest way is 10, 20, 30, or 40 dollars a foot. Doesn't need much work, needs a little bit of work, needs a lot of work, needs everything. It's that simple. Take one of those four, how bad is it, 10, 20, 30, or 40 a foot, and multiply it by the square footage of the property. It's rare that we see properties that are 50 and 60 bucks a foot, but it does happen. And even when we buy our own properties to add to our rental portfolio that don't need that much, we still end up typically spending eight to 10 bucks a foot. So even really nice ones, even ones that might be listed and look good and clean. <coughs> Once you get in there with your inspector, you're going to find things. So that's how we determine our repairs. And that's how we make our offers. And that's how we figure out what those offers are going to be. Last part of that question, multiple parts here. Buyers list. Mike, help us out. Uh, what's the question here? How do is, I go about building my buyers list? Ah, don't even worry about it. You, you're going to build your buyers list by finding deals. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. And once you have good deals, the buyers are going to find you. I know it sounds silly and it doesn't, and you almost don't believe it, but it does happen. The hardest part of this business right now is finding a good deal. If you find a good deal on something, it will get sold. Like, I, I don't even know how else to answer it. I mean, this, the simplest thing is, uh, or the easiest way right now is utilizing Facebook groups. We have a ton of activity uh, when we post properties that are off market in local Facebook groups. And again, don't post it in the wholesalers group. Don't post it in uh, the real estate US group. Post it in a local landlord or a local uh, investor group. And just say, hey, I've got an off-market deal in this area. Who's interested? And you will get probably five or 10 people in an hour saying, hey, I want that property. Like it, the market is just, it's its its crazy right now. So don't worry. It's bananas. Do not. <laughs> I love it. So do not worry about building a buyer's list right now. If you have a good deal, you'll be able to sell it. I truly believe that. Absolutely. And if you want to build a buyer's list, once you start doing deals, um, you are going to get people that call you on deals that you've already sold. Those are your buyers. Or if you want to just skip all of that and just build a list pretty easily, get PropStream, go type in the zip codes where you have deals or where you're marketing for deals and export all of the cash buyer transactions, skip trace them and start calling those people. Call them, text them. And you're not calling them to buy a house from them. Call them and just say, hey, I see you're, you're investing in this area. Do you have interest in buying more in this area? If so, great. What's your info? You know, Tell me about your company. What, what's your criteria? What are you looking for? What are you not looking for? And start taking notes, guys. You can build a buyer's, I can build a buyer's list of over 500 people in my city in probably less than five, six hours. I'm talking a good one, a good one with notes on every one of those individuals that I was able to get on the phone or send a text to and start learning about them. I'm confident that's, that is the least thing you need to worry about. Next question. Hello, I find deals for investors, bird dog, is there anything different in receiving a check from escrow versus the closing agent? Not really sure I understand this completely, but we can morph it. Uh, I don't think there's any difference. I'm pretty sure they're, yeah, again, I don't know if they quite understand fully what they're talking about. I mean, right. uh, escrow well, is, well, oh, do... no, 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 I do understand. I think it's supposed to be, how do I find deals from investors? I find deal no, I find deals for investors. Oh, for bird investors. Dog. Bird is dog. there anything different in receiving a check from escrow versus a closing agent? Oh, I get so it. So it's coming as the bird dog in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. from escrow. Great question, actually. That's is, a really good question. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I'm I'm confused. The closing they're agent. They're asking how they can get paid. That's yeah, what yeah, they're yeah. asking. As a bird dog. 
I go out and I find deals for other investors as a bird dog. I'm driving for dollars or I'm doing some marketing and I find deals, but I'm scared to send the offer or I don't, I think I need to have all this money to buy something, right? These are false beliefs, but a lot of people may have them. They're bird dogging. They find the deals for other people. How do they get paid? Well, it could happen anyway, right? You can get paid directly from the investor outside of closing. You can get paid directly from the investor during closing. You might get paid from the investor per lead and it may not matter if it's a deal and you just get paid every time you send something over. I know bird dogs that get paid in the end. They basically say, I want 20% of any deal I find you and I don't care about getting paid today, but when you go fix and flip it and make 75 grand, I want my 14 or 15,000, right? There's people that maybe take, take money up front on a deal and then a small split on the back. I mean, there's really no right or wrong answer here. It just depends on your relationship with the investors that you are finding the deals for? I think that's a really good question though. I really like that one. Um, Mike, I think we got one more. All right, let's do it. And then we're gonna wrap up. All right, last question. This is actually a kind of a funny one. Let me get it prepped. <laughs> I was gonna say, let's, uh, you're gonna have to explain that Let one. Let me prep it. All right, here it is. Can my grandma call the title company or do I need to physically be there. For this what? is from one of our one of our individuals, our friends here out of North Carolina. He's only 16. So this is a valid question Sweet. for a 16-year-old. You get that? Mm -hmm. Okay. So you can call the title company at 16, 17. You could be 14. Don't worry about your age whenever you are making a phone call. All right. Do you need to physically be there? No. Especially with nowadays and COVID and everything, everything can be handled via email and mail. All right. So don't do not worry about physically going there. Now I suggest you do because you want to build a relationship with your title company and your title reps. And the fact that you're 16 and you have a grandma in this situation, that seems like they'd be willing to help. All that would matter would be that they would be the one that would sign assuming the title company or closing attorney has an issue with you being 16. I personally don't see any issues with age. Yep, there are. Are there? Mm -hmm. You got to be 18 to sign a so, contract in the state of Missouri? In everywhere. In everywhere? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that technically a 16-year-old can enter into a contract and then can legally say, ah, I didn't really want to do that at any point at any time. That's a good point. So they're almost always going to require the person to be 18. But again, I wouldn't necessarily worry about it. It's kind of to your advantage. Yeah, they, this particular friend of ours has a grandma mm -hmm. that's already, it seems like, willing to help. So, yeah, so once you find the deal, put it in your grandma's name. Use our contracts. They have so many out clauses that you're protected, guys. You don't have anything to lose if you do it right. Again, we talk about all of this in the ultimate guide to wholesale and real estate. All the CYA clauses, all the simple things that you are going to need, they're available in that book. Is that it? That's all you got? Uh, yeah, so grandma <laughs> can show up to title company and sign, though. I mean, again, I think that's a great idea. It's a great workaround. Um, again, there's going to be tax issues, but again, just talk to your grandma about that. Say, hey, if we make 10 grand this year or 20 grand on this deal, you know, I know you're going to have to pay taxes, so here's you know $5,000 of it to pay taxes or whatever it is. Uh, again, there's going to be there's going to be some other issues to work out, but don't let that be an obstacle. I love uh, hearing that somebody at 16 is is figuring out how to do this. I love it, guys. Don't forget to check out discountpropertyinvestor.com. We have a brand new website, tons of free resources on that website that teaches um, how to find deals and how to do marketing and 
we even have a free copy of the three pillars of wholesaling real estate on the website, discountpropertyinvestor.com. Check it out. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Until next time, signing off. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy, you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.